Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo, and he is the gravy to my mashed potatoes. Oh, no, the, no, the, no, the no, cranberry no, sauce to no, my turkey. No, no. I would say whipped cream to pumpkin pie, but I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. It's the one and only Lynn Martez. I am not the gravy to your mashed potatoes. I don't even like how that sounds. The fact that you went Thanksgiving meals is kind of like cheesy as it is. Because I'm cheesy. What can I say? That is definitely true. And and I'm thankful that you're honest when it comes to being cheesy. So Mm -hmm. that is my my first thankful for for Thanksgiving that Trey Downey is, is actually <laughs> honest about being cheesy. We're not talking mac and cheese. We're just talking about cheesy. But here's the cheesiness that goes on too. The, the next couple of days, it's already been started already. We're podcast hosts, but we've been in sports radio for years. What's your favorite side? Like, Come on, don't be like we can't be more original than asking what your favorite Thanksgiving dessert is or your favorite side. Uh, sports radio, help me, please help me, because every time I hear that, I change. I change. So I, mean, I will not ask you, and don't you dare ask me, because I will, I will, <laughs> I will leave. I'll walk away. I will walk off this podcast. You stop laughing, because if you ask me, I'm telling you, it'll be. Downy and Downy, because I'm leaving. Don't ask me cheesy. What's your favorite side, Lynn? A lot of mac and cheese hate going on in the NFL this week, but we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Uh, you can follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And as always, check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team doing Great work this week, even on a holiday week, to have a ton of content up there for you. Today, we're going to break down what happened on Monday night as the Buccaneers got back in the win column against the New York football Giants. And then we will look ahead to Sunday's matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, who are all of a sudden a pretty hot football team fighting for a wild card spot in the AFC and as always we will take a look around the league as far as the other games that we are most interested in this week. Lynn let's talk about it. Monday night the Bucks get back in the win column. They improve to seven and three. They beat the New York Giants and while the Giants hung around in the first half to me the outcome of this football game was never in doubt. Uh, you know, it was great to have Sean Murphy bunting back. Bruce Arians had great comments about him, but I think we've got to focus on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm personally going to focus on one Tom Brady, because last week I expressed concern that could it be the, all of a sudden Tom got old overnight this Monday night. Maybe it was just the home cooking the Florida weather. I don't know what it was, but Tom Brady was back to the Tom Brady that was the MVP favorite in this league just a couple of weeks ago. And he got Mike Evans the football, which, as I said, I think the Bucs offense is at their best when Mike is getting his targets. Mike Evans becomes the or now holds the record for the most touchdowns in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. I put it out on Twitter. I think he is the greatest offensive player in the history of this football team, but just a great bounce back performance from this team. It doesn't take away how bad that loss in Washington was, but they had to get back on the right Move track on. in a big, in a big day. And Move they on. certainly did. Move yeah. On. Plenty of teams have, have, have had a bad week in the NFL. We've watched it the last three weeks. Heck it happened last this past week and in, in week 11. So move on from, Whatever game you were mentioning. I don't even remember the game you mentioned, although I actually do remember the game. And I remember the team. That's not the red, whomever. The Washington football team. Why are you shaking your head? 
I only said that because <laughs> you, you just didn't I, even need to mention it. No, I, I only said that because because you know who once a podcast if the Washington football team is brought up somehow some way their former nickname slips out of my mouth. But by the way, they got another win, still in wild card contention. Yeah. So I'm just the, so I'm just so here's the thing about Monday night. And I have a little thing that I say, and it's it's my thing, but it's about college football. It's about when a prominent college football team like Alabama or Florida or Georgia schedules a an FS. Uh, FCS school and pays that school to come to Tuscaloosa or Gainesville or, or Athens and get their butt whipped. I call it a half a million dollar butt whipping. Basically, that's what that FCS school gets. It gets 500 grand to show up and get their butts kicked by the home team. That was the Giants Red uh, Giants Bucks game on Monday night. That's what it was. The Bucks. Luckily, the Bucks didn't have to pay the Giants a half No, they didn't. Off. It's an NFL game. <laughs> it's, an NFL, it's an NFL game. But but on the field, that's what it was. It was it was a prominent FBS school against an FCS school that just showed up for the paycheck for their program and for their other sports. Giants had no business being on a football field with the Buccaneers, the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. They were double-digit underdogs for a reason. Granted, the Bucs had the issues the last two games and were staring a three-game losing streak, but no. Would have been the first for Tom Brady since, I believe, his his rookie season. I mean, when it was all over. Or no, his second second season. That's when the Bucs. Everyone was all over that, and I was like, stop. He's not going to lose to this team. Again, 5-0 5-0 at home. Every game at home this year, with the exception of the one they just played, he had four TD passes in each of those games. And because of that, he's leading the NFL in touchdowns with 29 passing touchdowns. This game, again, yeah, the Giants had moments, moments, brief moments. But when push came to shove, you saw the reason why the Giants were three and seven and why the Bucs are seven and three. The Bucs doubled everything that the, that the Giants did. Bucs had 28 first downs. The Giants, 15. Bucs had 402 yards, total yards. The Giants, 215. Nearly doubled in both those categories, not to mention the fact that the Giants couldn't get off the football field defensively because the Bucs went six for 13, while the Giants went one for nine, and Daniel Jones is... It's hitting Steve McClendon in the chest with passes. I mean, so bad. it wasn't even it wasn't even close. The only reason why it was remotely close in the first 20 minutes of the game was because the guy that you mentioned, 13, Mike Evans, God bless him. I love you, Mike. One of the best dudes in that locker room. But he had a ball bounce off his hands, mm-hmm. straight into the hands of the Dory Jackson, and basically the red zone for the for the Giants, and they ended up converting that. That's the only reason why. By Maybe the way, Daniel Jones thought it was just another big man pass. Maybe he thought they were calling the same thing. Oh, no, play that's, that's what I was going to really say. I said, Daniel Jones was cool hitting his own offensive lineman. He, he's cool hitting linemen. He hit two of them on, on Monday <laughs> night, one for a touchdown and one for an INT. Um, but, again, this, this game wasn't even close. And, and like I said, first 20 minutes, uh, because of the turnover in the red zone, Giants get the ball and they score a touchdown. You're thinking, oh, it's going to be no. I never thought this game was going to be close. It's just like when <laughs> an FCS school shows up for that FBS check, five hundred grand, that half a million dollar butt whipping, and you and you leave, and that's and that's how it was. And not to mention the fact that the Giants, you know, a day later, fire the offense coordinator, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett is not the reason why you're three and seven, dude. You got a bad football team. He might be one of the reasons why, but he's not the main reason why. <laughs> you might want to look at your coach. You forgot to call him coach. 
Oh yeah, coach. He's not coach anymore. He's Jason Garrett. <laughs> he's citizen. He's citizen Jason Garrett right now. He might have a C in front of his name, but it's not coach. It's citizen Jason Garrett right now. Um, and again, they're not three and seven because only because of Jason Garrett. They're three and seven because their quarterback wants to hit linemen in, in the chest with, with footballs. So I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, the good thing about it, I will say this much when you mentioned, when you mentioned Tom mentioned Brady, I mean, 30 completions, my man spread it around big time. For sure. He had four players with six catches, including Gronk who came back. And that's, that's huge. Say whatever you want about the, the Bucks having a plethora number of offensive weapons. There's one guy <laughs> that's been along with Tom a long time. And it's Rob Gronkowski, and he makes a difference on his football team for so many reasons, including the fact, again, red zone, the guy knows the game, finds the open spots. He even claimed, Gronkowski even claimed that he was open on uh, Brady's 10-yard run for a first down where Brady jumped up and and, uh, pumped up the crowd and, and gave the first down marker. Gronk said... It's cool. Nice to see you run, Tom, but I was open. But he might have been kidding him that fact. Because Gronk's, a lot of times, you know what? Gronk finds a hole in, in defense, and there's a lot of times he is open. But I, but it was nice to see Tom move the football around the way he did. And he he's going to continue to do that because he's he's Tom Brady. He knows what he has to do. And quit, get off the Saints game and get off the WFTF game. This is where we're at right now. Week 12, big matchup against the Colts. You mentioned the, the guys getting uh, getting the ball. Cam Brate had a very good game. We had a Ronald Jones sighting in the end zone. Uh, just getting those type of guys going, I think, is big for this football team moving forward as well. Uh, just Before we move over to the defensive side of the ball and the return of Sean Murphy Bunting, just quick. Do you agree with me, Mike Evans, best offensive player in uh, Buccaneers history? It's hard to argue not, man. It really is. The fact that you mentioned it as far as the Bucs are concerned, and 72 touchdowns all time in a Bucs uniform, but his 71 touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, it's the most of any wide receiver since, since 2014, since he got into the league. Mm-hmm. So when you think of – when you start running down the names – Oh, this guy's the top receiver. DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. You start running down those names and you start and you you forget that there's number 13 that since 2014 has got the most touchdowns of any of those guys in the league. And that says a lot, not to mention the, the, the countless thousand yard seasons that he has. So when you ask about the best offensive player. In Bucks history, that's to me that's a given. But you got to look further when it comes to just the league as a whole. Since Mike's joined the league, the number one wide receiver in touchdowns since he's entered the league, and you can say whatever you want about playing with Tom the last two years. It's getting him the more notoriety that he deserves. It has, but what you have to understand is, I just mentioned it. Tom spreads the football around. Mm-hmm. Get into the red zone. Tom's who's he looking for? He's looking for 87. Oh, not 87. Okay, 13. Mike's, you know, Mike's gonna be a mismatch for most corners. Most guy, most corners are not gonna be 6'5. They're gonna be, if they're lucky, 5'11, 6 feet, 6'1 tops. So Mike's got that mismatch, but they don't always take advantage of it. Yet he's still, and you can talk about the previous years. Of 5 and 11, 5 and 11, 5 and 11. It wasn't because of Mike Evans, because as, as I just told you, the dude was putting up touchdowns since 2014 and leads the NFL as wide receivers. The number one guy. Don't blame him for what may have happened prior to Tom Brady putting on a Bucks uniform, because Mike's not the reason why this team suffered and went through all the years of not making the playoffs. If he's not already... Uh, and a pro football hall of famer he's on the verge of it and I think if he continues to have if he continues this streak of a thousand of a thousand yards a year or two more I think Mike Evans 
once his career is over, will be even more appreciated and could possibly be the type of guy that is a first ballot Hall of Famer. It here's depends one, on his class and things like that, but he no, of course. Here's the one thing I will say, and this this isn't a knock on Mike. It's it's just how the game has changed. Because when you start comparing Mike to his contemporaries of the past, it's a different game now. Mm-hmm. It's a different game now, man. And 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 again, it's it. It's not a knock on anybody when they put up the numbers they put up. You got guys who, you know, catch over 100 balls. Hey, I'm just playing. This is what I'm doing. The offenses have, have evolved. And because they have, the numbers are going to be increased as they are. So when you talk about Mike and his contemporaries prior to him, it's kind of like, it, it, it like a little bit of, you know, skewed a little bit when it comes to trying to compare those numbers. I try not to compare those numbers. Although Mike has that thousand yard streak going and people always say, Hey, Randy Moss is the other guy and so on and so forth. You can't really, you, you can't really hold the other guys who haven't had those thousand yard seasons consecutively like Mike has had, because again, the game has changed a whole lot offensively, but I don't hold it against Mike either because Hey, he's playing in these times. And in these times he's being productive. And I'll say it again. For the fourth time since 2014, the number one wide receiver passing touchdowns. It's him. So he's not only just playing in it, he is he's excelling in it. Thriving, whatever you want to say, Mike Evans certainly there, and he's going to continue to uh to get these accolades. And it was he kind of had to pause himself. He almost went and gave away his record-setting touchdown, uh touchdown ball when he scored that touchdown on Monday night, then thought better of it. But yeah, uh Mike whole Evans, you another whole nother <laughs> jersey giveaway and cleats and crypto and everything else go get ready to happen again. Michael, what are you doing, man? What are you doing, Mike? 13. Think about it, 13. Think about it. You, you went into the game. You went into the game. Tied with All-Star, brother. Mike yeah. and Mike. Tied with All-Star. And it was cool. It was cool that All-Star was there because it was uh, John Lynch was honored at halftime and stuff like that. So definitely a, a cool scene on Monday Night Football. Let's pivot to the defensive side of the ball. And I mentioned Sean Murphy Bunting, Bruce Arians saying after the game that his performance was even better than what he expected it to be. You said last week when we talked about Sean Murphy Bunting's return to this defense, I said he's primarily a nickel guy, but because of the situation with the injuries, he's going to be more outside. And you said because of that, the Bucs were going to play a lot of zone. Watching the game on Monday night, they played quite a bit of zone. But I will say having Sean Murphy Bunting back in that secondary was a huge huge deal for the Buccaneers and if they continue to get healthier they get a Carlton Davis back sometime in the near future as well that's when we can really start talking about this team at their full potential and being someone who can avenge that loss to the Rams and challenge the Packers and the Cardinals for another NFC championship yeah there's there's no denying when you add a guy that's you know arguably your second best corner on your on your team that your defense is going to get better this is a matter of getting him back to physical health and, and, and getting him having his legs under him to he's able to play the amount of plays 60 plays or a percentage of them a high percentage of those plays but as far as Carlton Davis is concerned his 21 days to get back started today the Bucs announced that. So that's a good thing. So when you're talking about it being week 12 in the NFL and you're talking about, okay, when can we add the number one corner on this football team being Carlton Davis? You're looking at week 14 or 15 and all of a sudden things get real interesting when it comes to the fact that you get, you're getting healthy. And granted, you got a couple weeks before that actually happens, but you're getting healthy. You may have Vita Vea back at that time. That's 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 kind of enticing to think that, okay, week 15, we could have everybody back for that run again. Good times. Good times. Yep, especially in a situation where two of the last 
three weeks of the season, the Bucs are playing a Panthers team who did lose last weekend, but they could still be – the Panthers could have a lot to play for in those two yeah, games. because you're going to make the playoffs. Like, like you, you got everybody else making the playoffs. You got, you got 12 I mean, teams making the playoffs. I mean, 14 teams in the NFL make the – No, 12 teams in, in each – 12 teams in each conference. I mean, basically, there are 12 teams alive in each conference. Just that doesn't mean that, that, that the wild card picture. Here we is. go again. I, like I, I said, I'm not, the, no, no, no. The Giants not, are alive too. Dude, I'm not, I'm not even going to go. The only team that I would <laughs> somewhat mention as kind of blossoming into a playoff contender is Philadelphia. Philadelphia to me looks like, I'm not saying they're going to make a Super Bowl run, but they're a dangerous team in terms of getting in. To the playoffs in you the know why they're dangerous you want to know why they're dangerous why are they dangerous like, their remaining schedule that's why they're yeah. dangerous they play the giants twice that fcs nfl football team <laughs> that show that will show up to philadelphia and collect a five hundred thousand dollar check <laughs> that half a million dollar beat down by the way you should apologize to gators fans for bringing them up in this conversation considering i mean they won but considering what happened just I'm a talking about weeks no. ago. I, see, see here you see here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Want to start something up? Okay. I'm talking about my own alma mater, Towson University, showing up in Gainesville a couple of years ago. Go Tigers! <laughs> yeah. Shout out Andy <laughs> Freed. Andy Freed, my man, fellow Towson Tiger of Rays, uh, the Rays Radio Network. But I'm talking about my Towson Tigers who showed up in Gainesville and played competitively for a whole 12 to 13 minutes <laughs> <laughs> with, with the younger Flacco, uh, Joe's younger brother at quarterback. And then there was a blowout and they got shut out. Again, they showed up, collected that half a million dollar check. It was a beat down. But when you, you want to bring up the Eagles and that's fine. You're right. They're playing better football. I'll give you that much. But the biggest reason why you could look at them and say, hmm, they can make the playoffs. It's because of who they have remaining on their schedule, dude. That's why. And I keep telling you, you know, you want to knock. Oh, dude. Giants, Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington, uh, Cowboys. Uh, again, I, I, I didn't have to look at it. I already yeah. knew. I already knew they had the Giants And the Cowboys twice. game is at home. They had the Giants twice. I knew they had the Washington football team still. I knew they had an AFC East team. And it's the Jets. No. And 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 they've actually, I, I want to say, they've actually been competitive against the other AFC East teams. But besides that, they are playing better football. But, again, the remaining schedule is the main reason why you can look at the Eagles and say they really have a shot. They're going to be favored in their next five games. They're going to be favored in all of them. They could be 10 and six so, going into that. Last okay. So now, so now you understand when you say the Eagles, I say to you remaining schedule. Okay. Let, let's move on to a game this weekend. That is not going to be uh, an FCS versus an FBS team. These are two teams that, especially if you look at last week's results, look, look like it's shaping up to be an extremely good, game this Sunday in Indianapolis before we even I mean the slate this weekend is very good not only just from you know optics you know top teams in the league but also there are some of those teams that you don't necessarily buy in but some of those teams matching up that are still in playoff contention but to me this might be the most intriguing game of the weekend the Bucks heading to Indy to face the Colts Bucks are seven and three Indy six and five this game, record-wise, is more important to Indianapolis just because of how jam-packed the AFC is in terms of playoff picture right now. The Colts are still on the outside looking in. The team that they beat last week, Buffalo, who we were talking about, maybe that's the one team that you can trust in the AFC. No, 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 no. Maybe. No, no. I said maybe. No, no, I said no, no, maybe. Uh, 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 or, or, see. You get a mouse. You get a so you get a mouse in your pocket. We when you start okay when things okay. go sideways. It's the team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills, and now they hold the final wild card. They're the seventh seed in the AFC right now. John, why? why? Because a team that I said that does everything right and doesn't beat themselves is gonna win that division. 
and that's the New England Patriots. I said that last week. Still completely disagree with you. Even okay, though that's this, fine. That's fine. Then you think though, the Bills will. Even though, even then you though think this, the, then you think the Bills yeah, will. Even though this weekend, if things go right, we could walk into next week in the NFL with the Patriots holding the number one seed in the AFC if things break a certain way, considering <laughs> they're playing the current team, the team with the number one seed in the in the AFC uh, this weekend in the Tennessee Titans. But let's talk about that Colts match. Who do you trust? You want to trust? Mac Jones and and the Patriots, who you could say dummy down their offense, but they're taking more shots down the field. And here's the thing about the Patriots too: they do it with that receiving core. Ooh, been horrible. Ooh. I mean, when we get into the rest of the rest of the games for for the week, there's just, one team that I'm buying in the AFC more okay. than more than any of the other ones right okay. now. But let's That's talk. About- I, I'm just bringing I'm just bringing this up because those two you brought up those two teams playing each other, yeah. the Titans and the Patriots. And again, if you ask me who do I trust, I keep telling you that there's one team in the AFC that does everything they're supposed to do to win football games, and that's the New England Patriots and the Titans are doing the exact opposite. And they showed you last week when they lost to the Houston Texans at home. And when Ryan Tannehill, who, who's all of a sudden has to carry the offense. Was outplayed by Tyrod Taylor. Not only that, he threw four interceptions. It's not real hard yeah. to outplay a guy when he throws four interceptions. But go ahead, Mr. Go ahead, Mr. Patriots are going to win five games. So let's talk about let's talk about this Sunday in Indianapolis, the Colts. Jonathan Taylor coming off of a five touchdown performance. He leads the Pro Bowl vote, voting in the NFL. And if the Colts were to continue this run, Jonathan Taylor uh, could be the first running back to win the MVP in a very long time. If they continue, if since they continue AP. all this, yeah, since Adrian Peterson. Was that that the year that was far of the quarterback or ponder the year that? Uh, oh no 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 it? no! Yeah, it wasn't far. No, it, it was, was ponder. It was ponder, and then it was someone. Oh man, one of the one of the uh, it was oh, Joe. What one of the Joes? I can't remember uh, Joe's. Joe, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I can picture that's who it was. Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Joe Webb. That's who. Former and that's the reason why he. That's the well. reason why he won. Yeah, it yeah. was like you're taking those quarterbacks to the playoffs oh you win the mvp because pain had pain had a great year that year yeah so he ended up beating Payton for the mvp and and yeah it's because he carried joe Webb to the playoffs on his back uh literally on his back but when it comes to jonathan taylor and the potential of winning the mvp The problem with him winning the MVP is the fact that, and you can talk about Carson Wentz's his shortcomings, even this year, he is a known quality quarterback and he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be a franchise type quarterback. That's how he's drafted in Philadelphia. That's how he's paid. And because of that, I'm not knocking what Taylor's doing and has done, but it's a little bit tougher for him to win an MVP when you have a quarterback that is Carson Wentz on your football team. And the only reason why I say that is is because we're prone, right? We're prone. And when I say we, I mean, as far as like voters are concerned, we're prone to think quarterback over running back. I'm not it's saying the same Car- thing in college football with the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And I'm not saying Carson Wentz is better than John Taylor. I'm saying from the standpoint of the level of importance to teams. And if you look around the NFL and you look around the AFC, you're more likely to find a quarterback that theoretically is more valuable to his football team than Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Brady still maybe. The, maybe the favorite right now, Kyler Murray falling off a little bit, missing missing a t- missing well, who a ton knows? Of time. Lamar Jackson might go off the next four weeks. Maybe Josh Allen does. You know, that, to save you some face. Lamar Lamar really Lamar really is the one that you kind of have to circle because I'm a big proponent of the V in MVP. It's not most outstanding player. It's not necessarily who had the best year. Give that give that person offensive player most valuable to your team. And if the 
if the Ravens, especially if they get that first round by, I think that Lamar Jackson has to be the winner of that award. But Jonathan Taylor is right there uh, for me with that. But this is going to be an interesting matchup because in the past few years, uh, pretty much ever since Todd Bowles took over this defense, the Bucks' strength has been their run defense. But their defensive front still a little bit banged up. Vita Vea uh, will not be in Indy. Well, I don't know if he'll be in Indianapolis, but he will not be on the football field in Indianapolis on Sunday. And that's a big deal when you're dealing with a guy like Jonathan Taylor. You mentioned Steve McClendon getting that interception last week. Steve McClendon and Raheem Nunez Rochez, especially Nacho in the playoff run last year, performed admirably till Vita Vea got back. But there is a noticeable difference when Vita Vea is on the football field and when he is not. And yes, the Bucs played one of the better running backs in the NFL this past weekend and say this, not this past weekend, but this past Monday night in Saquon Barkley. But him and Jonathan Taylor are completely different kind of backs. The Colts are going to, and the Giants don't have the offensive line that the Colts do, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL right up there with Dallas. So to me, this is going to be an extremely intriguing matchup. And I'm interested to see what Bowles' game plan is, because to me, you've got to, even though you still have the issues that you do in the secondary, I think in this game, you're going to have to load up that box and dare Carson Wentz to beat you in this football game. I don't disagree. I think you're right. Why? Why? You have to choose one of two. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've already seen the, the run that, pardon the pun, that Jonathan Taylor is on as opposed to potentially putting the ball in Carson Wentz's hands and seeing if he could beat your, your secondary. I know the secondary is banged up and we, we can definitely you know talk about that, but I'd be more willing to take my chances <laughs> in having uh, the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, as opposed to not trying to game plan to stop Jonathan Taylor. But that's also Let's, let's think about something when it comes to the strength of not only the front three or four, but your linebackers. I mean, when you talk about Devin White, you talk about Levante David, those guys are, support, are supposed to support the run defense, and they have. And because of that, you're, you're at good hands to potentially have a formula or game plan to stop Jonathan Taylor, not to mention the fact that Jordan Whitehead is one of the best in the NFL when it comes to downhill and being support uh, on the running game and, and playing the game that he had. I mean, I can count numerous times watching 33 just come through and make one-on-one tackles, man, on guys that are bigger than him, but he gets low, finds a way. He's got a knack for it. Apropos, yeah. we're talking, we're giving him credit a couple of days after uh, John John Lynch got his uh, shine at Raymond James Stadium, a similar style of play. Oh, definitely. Yeah, right. different, 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 you know, yeah, different, different times, different leagues. But because John's John was more of a linebacker safety <laughs> size. In today, more, in today's NFL, Lynch is 100% a linebacker. He's yeah. not playing safety yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, ironically, he wore the number he wore. And he yeah. fit right in with, with playing alongside Devin White, <laughs> wearing number 45. But when it comes to uh, Whitehead and watching him, again, willingly has the knack. And he does it all the time, man, coming down and supporting, supporting the, the run defense. And that's going to be a key on Sunday. I'll take my chances with, with, uh, with putting the ball across the Wednesday. And, I, and listen, that's not to say that they, the Colts can't win with the ball across the Wentz's hands because all of a sudden he's got a connection with Michael Pittman, and that's worked out well for the Colts. But I'll take my chances with the ball in his hands as opposed to not giving that run support and having Jonathan Taylor have a monster game against your team, especially, especially the way that O-line of the Colts blocks for that running game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Get, get the support there for, you know, they got five, bring six, bring five, make them block all everybody, make them block everybody. Over 750 receiving yards already for Michael Pittman, who is, uh, blossoming into the guy that you know they 
T.Y. Hilton was good for this football team for a very long time, but he's past the point where he's a true number one in the NFL. And Michael Pittman is now showing that he has that capability and that he is that for the Indianapolis Colts. Because we've talked for years how the Colts had this uh, this surplus of cap room and that they could go out and, and sign someone. We talked about uh, – in the situation last year, if Chris Godwin were to have hit the, the open market, that Indianapolis would be a possible landing landing spot for him. But now that the Colts are seeing some of these draft picks kind of, you know, blossom in to possible number one receivers, that's a very big deal for that football team. And if you have a true number one receiver in Pittman to go along with what Taylor brings you, it's a very, it's, it's a huge thing. And the Bucs are still three-point favorites on the road in Indianapolis, and I think that that's warranted because Indianapolis has found a way to lose football games this season. That Monday night game against the Baltimore Ravens, they 100% should have won that football game. They fell apart at the end, lost in overtime, and this is a team that now, because they lost some games they should have won, are in a situation where you've got to start to string together some wins and now you're going to have to go into a game where you're not favored and a lot of people still probably expect the Bucs to win this game and maybe win a game that you shouldn't have won. To me, the story of this football game, beyond what the Bucs do against Jonathan Taylor, is going to come down to touchdowns versus field goals. Because I think both teams are going to have success moving the football on Sunday. Now, can the Bucs defense tighten up in the red zone and maybe force Wentz to throw the ball more once they get down in the red zone. And I think whoever comes away with more red zone stops and forcing the other team to kick field goals is going to be the one that wins on Sunday. And ultimately, I just have to trust Tom Brady a little bit more than Carson Wentz, even though the Colts have proven right now to have the better run game than the Buccaneers. Today's NFL, I've got to favor just the the multitude of uh, weapons that the Bucks have in the passing game and a Colts defense that it that is good, but their strength is probably getting more towards talking about your your linebacking core and Darius Leonard, one of the better young linebackers in the NFL. I don't know that they have the true shutdown corner on defense that you're going to see take Evans or Godwin out of the game. So that's why I favor the Bucks, but I do think it is going to be a very close football game that's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I kind of have a different opinion in regards to the game in itself because as good as the Colts are running the football, defensively, they're not, they're not one of the better teams stopping the run. So as much as Tom Brady may have the football in his hands to win the football game, I would not be surprised if the Bucs found ways to be productive in the running game against the Colts defense. You're on the road, and <laughs> let's not forget the last two road games and how those turned out. I mean, you had uh, against worse football teams. Yeah, yeah, against against teams that offensively and defensively were not the Colts. And because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if the game plan is more geared to at least establishing the the run game and, and uh, taking, I guess, I don't want to say pressure off of the passing game because, you know, you still have the greatest quarterback to play the game. But we also watched two teams be successful in turning that offense over with two interceptions in the last two road games. And because of that, I would not be surprised if there are 30 to 35 carries in the Bucks run game on Sunday. Do you think, do you think we're going to continue to see, because it wasn't just a touchdown. We saw a few good signs from Ronald Jones. Do you think we're going to start to see him get a little bit more integrated into this game plan after a while? It looked like it was solely the Leonard Fournette show with Giovanni Bernard on, on third downs? 
Yeah, as long as it's not third down, because yeah. we've, we've already established that Ronald Jones <laughs> in his career, as short-lived as it is, what, three or four years in the league, is not very good picking up pass protection. I'm glad that that's where I'm glad that that's where you went. I thought you were gonna go. I thought you might have went with drops, but no, it's it's oh, his no. it's his pass block. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, the, the, the drops are definitely there. But here's the thing, because to me, he can drop a ball on second and eight. He's not gonna be in there third down because that's Giovanni Bernard's job. And if it's not Bernard's job, it's Leonard Fournette's job. So. That's not like third down is a crucial down. Obviously, you want to keep the drive alive. So when it's third down and unless you're down, the Bucks in their first drive on on Monday night, didn't even need third down. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's because Tom was ten for ten <laughs> to start the game in the Giants defense again, FCS school. So, uh, but when it comes to Ronald Jones, third down passing game, he's not going to be out there. So the reason why I say. I didn't bring up the drops and you did. And I said, pass protection because you can't get 12 hurt. So you need to be able to pass protect. You're out there in second down or passing down. And if Tom says, 54 is the mic, you better pick him up. Watch 40. You better watch 40. Do whatever Tom has, <laughs> has to do, ask you to do so he can stay upright and not get hurt behind your bad blocking 27, but that's besides the point. You asked about him getting more playing time. Again, the playing time is going to come as long as he does what he's supposed to do. I watched Ronald Jones, man, and besides that one time where he stepped out of bounds earlier in the season, mm-hmm. he runs hard. Yes, like he, he runs does. between the tackles. Yes. I mean, I, I still can't explain that moment where he, he stepped out of bounds on a nine-yard run and was – Six inches. The marker was right in front of you, dude. Yeah, six inches from a first down. I can't explain why he stepped out of bounds and then runs hard in between the tackles, but he runs hard. So with that, I expect him to to get more carries as long as he does what he like he did on Monday night and he he's productive. The only reason why he ends up sitting and soaking is because he messes up. Tighten up, dude. You've had, I mean, he's, he's been fine the last couple of weeks. So continue that trend. As far as Fournette's concerned, let me tell you something. Tom likes him. Tom gets him to football. Tom throws it to him. Like I said, so he had six catches along with the other three guys, Mike Evans, well, Gronkowski, and Chris Goddard. And Leonard Fournette had his six touches too, not to mention the running, the running game. They didn't run it a whole lot against the Giants because they didn't have to. And they weren't totally productive in the run game on, on Monday night. Short week, though, man. Again, you're on the road. I expect them to run it 30, 35 times against the Colts because the Colts, you know, you can't. They, again, their run game defensively is not stout. Not stout. You ultimately think, I said I ultimately do think that the Bucks pull out a close victory. Do you think the Bucks win on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think they win. I think the Colts will have issues in the red zone. They'll kick a couple of field goals. I kind of said that about the Giants too, but, you know, Giants were the Giants. And, and uh, other, than, other than, you know, Daniel Jones hitting linemen with, with footballs in, in their chest, including one on his own team, um, they didn't have a whole lot of drives. I think the Colts will have more drives. I just think they may stall in the red zone. And I'm expecting, I'm expecting a better defensive performance than what we saw the last time this team was on the road. That's another thing, too. Like the last time this team was on the road, let's not forget what happened. I know I told you to sure. move on. I told you to move on from that game. But as a player, as a fan, and as podcast hosts, we can move on. But as a player... As a guy that packed his bags a couple of weeks ago and showed up in D.C. and had that 19-play drive done against them, oh, no, they need to remember that. They need to remember that so that that doesn't happen on Sunday against the Colts and their drives stall in the red zone. I think it's going to be close. I think 
if the Bucks do cover, they're only they're only going to cover by a couple of points. I think it's going to be like somewhere 31, 26, 30, 26 along those lines. Can we talk about the Chiefs defense? Yeah, you can. More than more than happy oh, to talk. Oh, we can talk about the Chiefs defense that that beat <laughs> that beat Jordan Love, who's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. No, I want to talk beat, about what happened. This no, 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 no. Let's talk about him, tough guy. You can talk about we can talk about the the, the Chiefs defense who beat Jordan Love, who's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, who beat Daniel Jones, who we just saw it's lineman in the chest with footballs. Uh-huh. Give him credit. For what they did on Sunday for beating beating the Cowboys, although the Cowboys were a little bit banged up, we know Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb ended up leaving the game. Give them credit. But I, I will say this much. I, from, that, from that game on Sunday, here's the one thing I will say, and it kind of gets back to what you said about it when I said to you in regards to Matthew Stafford and trusting Matthew Stafford past the regular season because of we haven't seen the playoff success. You know where I think you were right when I mentioned one quarterback? Oh, number four, it is with the star on the side of his head because he was bad on Sunday. He was bad. And I'm talking about Dak Prescott. He missed open wide receivers on Sunday. He's the reason why they scored nine points. <laughs> He's the reason why they scored nine points. Had two interceptions. Two interceptions, and I know he was harassed a little bit by uh, Chris Jones. He got sacked. Chris Jones had like three sacks. I get that, but dude, guess what? That's gonna happen when the competition gets better. And that competition on Sunday is not a whole lot better than what you're gonna see in the playoffs. You're going to see real competition on Sundays. In the playoffs, or Saturdays in the playoffs. And you know who's going to be coming after you? <laughs> Aaron Donald's going to be coming after you. Leonard Floyd's going to be coming after you. <laughs> That's who's going to be coming Shaq after Barrett's you. Shaq Barrett's going to be coming after Shaq, you. Okay, Shaq Barrett's going to be coming after you. Jason Pierre-Paul. You can mention all those guys. And Dominican Sue. You can, you can mention uh, uh, Von Taylor Miller. Jones. Von Miller. I mean, you're talking about... That's what's going to be chasing you down, Dak Prescott. I really, I was disappointed. I was, I was thoroughly disappointed in how bad he looked on, on, on Sunday. And, and, and again, I said to you, in regards to Stafford, like, I don't have a reason to trust him in the playoffs yet. Like, it's not, a, not to say that he can't do it, but the two primetime games, the last two primetime games that Matthew Stafford was on the stage, he was bad. He was really, really bad, mm-hmm. at, even at a home game at that. So because of that, I still question whether or not Matthew Stafford can excel when the bright lights are on come playoff time. At the same time, I'm, I, I threw Dak Prescott a bone. I mentioned Dak Prescott along with the other quarterbacks who I trust to be okay in the playoffs, whether it be Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, those guys who've actually done it before. And I threw number four a bone. And you know what he did? He threw that bone right back at me. Incomplete. Because he was bad on Sunday. Bad. I'm done with Dak. Done with you, Dak. Playoffs start tomorrow. Patriots versus Chiefs in the playoffs. Who are you picking? Patriots. Stop it. Wow. Wow! Mac, I just mentioned all Mac, these- jo- Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones in his rookie season beating Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield nearly beat Patrick Mahomes last year in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield. Josh in- Allen nearly beat Patrick Mahomes in the That's playoffs. That's not Mac Jones, though. Okay, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield did. Those guys weren't rookies. That was a still a. Okay, they're not rookies. Who would you rather have moving forward in the NFL right now? Baker Mayfield? You already or, know the answer to this question. For you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me Baker Mayfield? Million percent. One million oh percent. My. You'd rather have Baker than Mac Andre, Jones? Yes. Okay. You go right ahead with that. I, I'm just, I was just gauging your, your sense of belief on the, on the. There's uh, going to come a time. Cheese. See, here's, here's your problem. Besides being cheesy. Here's your problem. Okay, <laughs> here is your problem. You have this conviction of like, just if if a guy like, for instance, I'll give you the 
you're basically saying that I have a hard time admitting when I'm wrong. If I no, have a no, no, not it, so much, or if so I have wrong. a belief, you go to the grave. You go to the grave on. You go to the grave on guys you don't like. Like if you're if you're all all out on a guy or all in on a guy, I'm still no, no, no. I'm still oh, a I'm going in no, no, Josh no. I'm going out. I don't care about okay. in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about in right now. You can go. You can go. You know, buy twenty Russell Westbrook jerseys. I don't care. You can have your Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor party time. Josh Freeman. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can go have yeah. your party with all those guys. Okay. Here's the problem, though. When you're all out on the guy, there's no, like, turning back. Like, that guy can't do anything to, to get you to, to get you. I got examples. To get you to think, wait a second, maybe I was wrong about this guy. I just admitted to you that that I was totally wrong about lumping Dak I'll give, Prescott. I'll give you an example though, where I I will give you an example yeah. where you're not. The guys, the the guy is arguably the best player in the NBA right now. He's arguably the best player in the NBA right now. He's got he's got two rings. He's been a Finals MVP. Are you talking and, about Durant? Oh yes. Oh, I'm, I'm not attacking. I'm not. I've never attacked Durant's ability on the court. I've attacked Durant, Durant's decision. Durant's a great player. I just think that he's you have to, yeah, but you don't give I, credit. I don't know what like words you, I can like you, I can I can never give him credit for 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 what he does. That's those are your those are your words. A hundred percent. Ultimate, ultimate, you can't <laughs> ultimate you can't beat him, join him, move. Yes, but Durant's a great player, phenomenal player, arguably the best the best player in the nba trey at some point you have to give them credit for but doing no no, what no they but there's do. but there's a difference between that situation and ability i both you both you and i i think even me a little bit more so have come around on kyler murray both of us leading up to that oh, nfl i don't have a problem with kyler draft. murray i just want him to stay healthy my issue is the fact that there have been times maybe not so much this year but certainly in the past where he's their best running back, and he's not Cam Newton. No, Cam no, no, Newton could be his team's best running back back when his prime because he's six three, six four, and bigger than linebackers. Kyler Murray can't do that. I'm, I'm just bringing, I'm just bringing up someone who in, who I had a certain opinion of, and I've turned around on. If Mac Jones continues to have these performances, I will begrudgingly. <laughs> say, say that he is that he is better than I thought he was, but grudgingly. Let that go, man. Why is he going? You have to like be grudgingly. Like because I had so, I, I was I was so strong in my conviction. Yeah, you can't. I mean, dude, you can't. I mean, I like I said, I'll say it for a second time. I mean, you're the same way with the Cardinals and the Chiefs this year. That's not true. No, when Chiefs are one thing. I'm I'm when it comes to the when it comes to the Cardinals. I am slowly, slowly accepting that they are at least trying, trying to run the football. And they're doing it with Colt McCoy, who's won two out of the three starts and had 300 yards last week. <laughs> and, probably made, and probably made a big fat check, you know, come, come his, his next contract because he's proven to win football games as a backup. He may be, he may legitimately be the best backup in the NFL. I mean, and it's hard to it's hard to know because you get, I mean you got to take into account who does and who doesn't get on the field. Play, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when the guy plays, he wins. He did it in he did it in Washington for that football team. He did it in New York with that football team. They went to Seattle and won a football game with Cole as, as a quarterback. I don't even remember that, man. Yeah, no, and he's and he's done it with the Arizona Cardinals not once. But twice he's two and one as a starter for them, and that could have been—I mean, that could have been horrible for the number one seed in the NFC when they lose. And they've held on to it. And they've held on to the number. Well, I mean, they've had a little help because the rest of the conference has been stinking it up. Yeah. But to their credit, they won two out of three games without their quarterback and and top wide receiver. And guess they're what? on a bye this week. They get so a bye this week. Get- they those get Kyler and Hopkins. Hopkins back next. Yep, the gold yeah. guys will get healthy and they'll, they'll start their one. So I'm leaning like I'm slowly but a little bit slow to the I'm a little bit slow to the party, but I'm getting there because they've done more. Like I said, they've done more with the running game. They've had to because Colt McCoy is their quarterback, and they've given the ball to James Conner and ran it a whole lot more. So 
I'll give them credit for that. And defensively, they stopped, they stopped some teams. I mean, they stopped the Niners. They stopped the Rams. So, you know, kudos to them. But see, that's how you do it, Trey. That's how you do it, Trey. You admit. A couple of weeks ago, I, I said that I was probably going to have to admit that the I was wrong about the Patriots. I've come around on the Patriots a little and bit. And you're wrong about I'm choosing. Still, and you're I'm wrong st- about choosing Baker over Mac Jones. You oh my God. Right. That dude's gonna win rookie of the year. All right. This this weekend. The number the- one seed. What's he gotta do? Because he might because he's going to he's probably going, he's probably if gonna they take beat, if they beat ten, if they beat Tennessee on Sunday and uh the Ravens lose, the Patriots would then hold the number one seed. Uh, in the AFC right now. I'm asking you, what has to happen for you to admit that Matt Jones is better than Baker Mayfield? I mean, Baker Mayfield had as good of a season as Matt Jones is having this year, last year. Yeah, and he's been in the league for how long? This is Matt's first year. He's played 12 games, 11 games. Flash in the pan, flash in the pan. Uh, oh my god (laughs) you're kidding about that and i know you are because you're laughing but here's the thing mac jones this year is going to take his football team further than baker mayfield has ever taken the browns i mean baker mayfield won a playoff game and almost got to the afc championship they got to the divisional round but he they, won a playoff game. Okay, that's fine. They got to the divisional round. What I'm telling you is Mac Jones is going to take his team further than that. I'm still not convinced they're even going to make the playoffs just because of how crowded the AFC playoffs are. Oh, you know is. what? Uh, All right, let's talk about this weekend. What, I mean, what, 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 what are they putting put coffee in Charlotte? Like, I, what are they doing I'm gonna go, Charlotte, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go over – the, there are a ton of games that have huge that have playoff implications starting on Thursday. The Raiders at the Cowboys. I said after last week, whoever lost that game between the Raiders and the Bengals, I'm out on. So I'm out on the Raiders, even though I picked them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. But then again, the Cowboys look like have looked bad in two out of the last three weeks. They look bad in that loss against Denver as well. And Bills and Saints Thursday night, both of those teams. Each of those teams hold the final uh, wild card spot in their conference right now. Steelers five four and one at Bengals six and four on Sunday. Patriots hosting the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. You've got the Chargers heading to Denver to face the Broncos. The Rams heading to Green Bay to face the Packers. The Vikings and the 49ers in a very important NFC wild card situation there. And then the Browns heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens on sunday night football which of those games intrigues you intrigues you the most obviously i think we probably have to lean towards the one that has the most implications as far as the bucks go and playoff seeding with matthew stafford and the rams heading to green bay to face aaron Rodgers and the packers the one team i trust that be the green bay packers even after that loss to minnesota with justin jefferson going wild yeah, because prior to that, you want to tell me about the Chiefs defense. Want to talk about the Chiefs defense the last three weeks? The Packers defense was balling. Not to mention the fact that they went to Arrowhead and Mr. Who, what's his name again? Mahomes. Oh, no. Mahomes. Yeah, I was kidding about not remembering his name. Because everyone is like, oh, Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. I didn't know if you forgot to take your ginkgo today or something. My ginkgo is just fine. Don't worry about what, don't worry about what I take, like I said. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, that guy who has had an up-and-down season. But in that game, they scored a whole 13 points. And they they did it with a, with a, uh, a Packers offense that had the ball for like maybe 20 minutes. They had it for, for you know, nearly 30, 39 plus. I trust the Packers. I trust the Packers defense. And don't sell Minnesota short when it comes to offense. They, oh, no, for, for sure. They've just been they've inconsistent had a, this year. Yeah, they've had an up and down season. And, and certainly that Sunday night game with the, with the Cowboys, with Cooper Rush leading the Cowboys to a victory in Minnesota, kind of had me tapping out on Minnesota. But offensively? Between Thielen, between Jefferson and Cook, I mean, 
I hate to say it, but the reason why they're not higher in, a, in the NFC as far it's as because you concerned. don't like that at quarterback. Yeah. 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 Do you like that? Do you like that? No, I don't like you, dude. Nothing, no offense, Kirk, but I, I don't trust that dude. And watch that Sunday night game against the Cowboys. It's like, you got to do better than this. He had one drive, the opening drive, and they went down and and they, and he made they made it seem like this is our night, you know. We got no no Dak, and we we get a we get a you know a little bit of reprieve there with with the Cowboys playing their backup quarterback, and their backup quarterback won in Minnesota after like I said after Kirk Cousins and the Vikings had that long drive, but again simply I trust the Packers even after last. Sunday, we already talked about it. Teams have been having those those kind of bad weeks when it comes to uh, you know having a stinker of a game, and I think that was the the, the Packers stink of the game. The only thing that scares me it's not it's not on the field. It's whether or not number twelve <laughs> who who does everything it's to win toe. football games. Yeah, he's got that toe injury, man, and and. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll do everything possible to make sure that they get through the season with him at quarterback because they've already seen what's on the bench. <laughs> you know, like, listen, Aaron, we're just going to shoot it up for you, dude. Do whatever we got to do. Take, you know, shoot this up, put on eight pairs of socks, whatever it is. We don't want to play Jordan Love. We won't win with Jordan Love. So, and, and what's actually happened is, you watch a player become, you mentioned, you know, the V in MVP. Well, guess who's more valuable now than he was before that game when the Packers played in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers is more valuable now because the Packers know what they have with him and what they have without him. It's a big game for LA too, coming off of some, Listen, your boy's got to win. Bright lights, dude. This is prime time, yeah. too. He's got to. I mean, you know, he's got to win. He's got to win. Well, I mean, it's maybe not, maybe not a Sunday night game, but that's four. Still, that four twenty-five America's game of the week has caught. That's as, what I'm saying. That, that's a prime time. No, game yeah, no. Time. I mean, like yeah. I said, it's not prime time theoretically when it comes to actual time wise in the night. You know, eight o'clock. But like you said, game of the week. Those guys are going to be there, whether it be uh, Joe Buck and Aikman. That's, that's that is the, who's on the call, yeah. Yeah, and that's a big that's a big game, and because of it, you got to Matthew's got to play better against the, the top seeds in the NFC, and here's another opportunity. And you know what? Honestly, if you ask me to predict, I don't think he's going to. I just mentioned how good the the Packers' defense is. I don't trust. Stafford to go into Lambeau and have a have a good game. If this game was in SoFi, uh, uh, and I guess it's LA, Inglewood, Inglewood, um, I would trust him more the home game. But they're still trying to get your boy acclimated in the without Robert too. Woods too. Who, when we talked about him coming to that team, we were like, how much of an impact is he going to mm-hmm. have? And then we find out that Robert Woods uh-huh. went down. So yeah, yeah. And now Odell becomes a number two, and Jefferson becomes a number three. And Coming off of a bye, that, that we're going to see how much he was able to get integrated. Well, well, yeah, we'll see. But here's the thing too, because okay, he's played his you know he's played his old career as a number one. You can argue whether or not he's still a number one in this league. The difference now he's is he's not on the Rams. Well, no, with the woods out, he is. He's not a number one. He's a no, number two, 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 yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Rams, he's a two. But when he got signed by the Rams, he was supposed to be a three, which gives him an opportunity to line up against the defense's third cornerback. Yep. Whomever it might be, depending on the defense, how they play. They might play zone, but if they play man, you got Odell going up against the third best. That ain't happening anymore. Now he's got the second best. And now Van Jefferson got the third. Van has been feasting, feasting as the third 
when Robert Woods was there. But now all of a sudden, you know, Matthew Stafford's got to figure out, okay, I got to keep, I got to keep 13 happy. Got to feed him a little bit. I'll say it again. I said it last week and I'll say it again. If 10 is not getting fed the way he's balled the whole season long, something's wrong. And 10 being Cooper Cup. Feed that dude. Feed him because he's been completely beating. agree. Huh? Feed feed him more than you and I are going to eat combined on Thanksgiving. He's earned it. He's beaten yep. every defense. No matter what defense they put on him, man, best corners, zone. He's done it knowing, knowing he's coming, which is another thing, too, about the Bucks Colts matchup on Sunday. And the impressive thing about Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Dude, you know they're running the football. <laughs> you know they're running the football, and they still run it on you. That's that's scary, dude. That's why I say you better bring all that help. Bring all that help to stop the run. Such an intriguing slate of games. To me, t- best top-to-bottom week in the NFL that we've had so far. You mentioned college football a couple times. It's always great. Rivalry weekend, wrapping up the college football season as well. Thanksgiving and football go together. Yes, they do. We both hope that you have a very happy holiday weekend. And Len Martez, you can follow him on Twitter, at Elmar810. Yes, Len, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to all of our listeners. You can follow me on Twitter, at TD Experience. You can follow Bucks Nation, at Bucks underscore Nation, and check out BucksNation.com. And wherever you're listening, wherever you're listening to this, (laughs) wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether that be Spotify, iHeart, you know, Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, click that subscribe or that plus button. It does us a huge favor. It helps more people find the podcast. And if you ever have anything to to say, as far as, you know, you, you have a question, you have something we can do better, leave us a review or uh, reply to the story on the website, or just hit us up on Twitter. Just another reminder, Elmar810 or TD Experience. Once again, thankful for all of you that take the 45 minutes out of your week to, uh, to listen to us each and every week right here on Downey and Martez. And yes, we are a Bucks Nation podcast.